Welcome back to the Free Advice Podcast, episode 51. Look out, bullets flying every which way out of that shifty gun. (laughs) I'm a sucker for good rhymes. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. You've got a great laugh. It's that staccato, the... I don't want to make you self-conscious about it, but that's my impression. <laughs> it's lovely. I'm trying to compliment it. I don't yeah. want you to stop it. Yeah. Now I have that added layer of like, what's this going to sound like? But it'll disappear in like a few minutes when I forget. So it'll be fine. That's uh, imagine a world where we couldn't forget. Oh, yeah. Well, some we people should... have that that particular. I don't. I don't want to call it disorder because I don't. I don't know if Come it's on. called like a super power or like because I think it would be a, a bad thing. <laughs> but yeah, people who you know can be get... like, oh, on April twenty third of uh, you know nineteen ninety eight, this it was raining. <laughs> You're like, whoa. <laughs> Did you say that because of Rain Man? Uh, no, I didn't. I just it was just the first detail about a day that emerged. Okay. You probably said it because of Rain Man. But let's be real. If people tell you they have a photographic memory, do you right. believe them when people – a lot of people say that shit. Um, you know the type. Yeah. I I don't know. I mean I believe that they think that it's true for them. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I mean I used to I used to have a really good Anybody memory. Anybody cool ever told you? Anybody cool? Yeah. Anybody cool ever told you they have a photographic memory? The or thing was it about kind of someone you wanted to get away from. Mm, the thing about my memory is that it really sucks now, so I can't definitively say like, "Oh yeah, no one cool has ever said that to me," and feel confident about that. <laughs> so, from the other side of the spectrum, mm. I have no idea. <laughs> I think I like to hang out with people with bad memories for what you just said. Yeah, of, if I. I can make a joke that crosses the line and then a couple minutes later I'm I'm in like the clear. In. I feel safer. Yeah. Yeah. My dad has always had a really terrible memory, so I could tell him the same joke every day for a year and I don't think he would notice. Hmm. It was weird. It was like something that was simultaneously like a comforting uh you know, little quirky flaw and like, Oh dad, like, come on. Like you didn't even come close to getting that person's name. Right. That's so uncomfortable for everyone. (laughs) What is it about parents and names? I'll try to talk to my parents about the movie they just saw. And they, they know the names of 0% of the movies they watched. (laughs) They really don't. Is it, is it like once you have kids, you have to track those names and who you're talking to. So movies just kind of like aren't as important. Is it the type of thing that it's like social currency that I care about because it might mean that I connect to somebody that leads to like mating and offspring. And once that's accomplished, I don't care about like what the name of the fucking movie was. That's an interesting theory. It could just be a peculiarity of my parents, but I think I've heard other people (laughs) Saying that their parents just do not know the names of movies that they've watched. <laughs> yeah, I don't think my parents' memory loss is like especially tied to movie titles, um, but yeah, it certainly reaches that 
every once in a while. I'm I'm someone who can watch what a movie and have no clue what happened. On? Jokes. What is the most? Noticeable? But you know the title. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I'll know the title, but like I I won't be able to quote something unless I've seen it like a hundred times, which there are only a couple you, movies that that that's the case for. I see. Um, you remember what happened in Midsummer, for instance? Yeah, vaguely. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember a single character's name. Would not be able to come up with any direct line of dialogue. Um, but I remember the plot, basically. I could Do describe you feel it. held by him? Do you remember that line? Oh, that's right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Not verbatim, but yeah. A little bit of jogging. Yeah, I mean, I might have gotten a word off, but definitely do you feel held? Mm-hmm. Those four words were in the movie. Yeah. In that order. Yeah. Right, right. Is there a particular reason that movie stood out as the one to quiz me on? Because we saw it together. Last last movie I remember seeing with you. Okay. Yeah. Checks out. <laughs> and I think it's also a movie that we both have referenced, uh, you know, in a in a social context since seeing it. Hmm. Like it has utility. I, I have. Oh, yeah. That's a good test. Ask a person's opinion of that movie. And then you know whether you're dealing with a good or a bad person. Are they going to want to start a cult with you or not? (laughs) (laughs) Let's say a useful or um, a a person that's either useful or an obstacle to our goals. (laughs) And what are those goals? Community. That's what it's really about. If If you don't call it a cult, people generally, I think, value community. Probably not enough. But mm-hmm. they do see it as a positive thing. And um, when people are joining cults, they don't think that they're joining a cult. They think they're joining a community. And, and uh, right. it's kind of one of those things. That, yeah. And this cult of personality, if you have a hero, you're like borderline in that person's cult, right? Um, right. Yeah. You champion a certain politician or an author or a thinker of some sort. Yeah. A little bit in that cold. And it, it's just not that clear. Right, right. And I think that like a lot of things that could not be cults then become cults once the power corrupts the leader. Like, like, oh, everything you did was sure. really actually pretty great until you started fucking little boys. <laughs> like everything right up until then was like kind of like, oh, that's ideal. And then, oh, oh, there it is. <laughs> there it's the flaw. Yeah. Which is a shame. I trust myself never to do that. You know, it it does always, I, I say that too, but then it does always amaze me how moldable human behavior is. Sure. I guess if you put me in prison. You would start fucking little boys. Boy prison. <laughs> little, little boy prison. <laughs> we ran out of room in the adult prison. <laughs> so we're putting you in with the under eights. <laughs> then like everybody around me is doing it. It's, I don't know. That, that feels like a different rules. I'm not confessing to anything just to make that clear. Right. I'm just right. saying in a, a very hypothetical situation, I don't know. Uh, more I'm making a statement about um, it's, a, it's a testament to the adaptability of human behavior in the power of the situation as yes. know, Philip Zimbardo famously demonstrated in his little boy prisoner experiment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to reference another 
real experiment, but I don't, don't feel like I need to after that. That was a good one. That was a good little, what, what? little punch. Uh, okay. I was going to talk about the Milgram obedience experiment. I was going to talk about that. I was just going to say like what uh, another element of it is the authority figure, which obviously applies to the cult situation that we're talking about, where the existence of Mm -hmm. an authority figure telling, especially one in a role of uh, a doctor, an experimenter, an academic, you know, someone who is seen as a wise leader is telling you this is this is what you need to do and and this is what's done and other people have done it before you and you're just following along most most people will go against i think what they think they would um you know the the morals they think they would hold themselves to right or are capable right. of inflicting pain and yeah blows my mind yeah yeah um it's one of those things that i think you have to accept first to start fighting against it Mm -hmm. you accept the part of yourself that you acknowledge like oh this could happen to any if i was in nazi germany yeah if i was in slave owning times yeah yeah, that's not a special class of people that were horrible um and then you can look around all right what are the what are those things today that people will look back at Mm -hmm. me what can I resist now? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think that uh, our relationship to the environment and our mm-hmm. personal actions are a big one. I've gone back and forth yep. a lot on my understanding of the ethics of um, eating meat. I was a vegetarian for nine years after I saw a documentary, Food Inc., that exposed factory yeah. farming and all of that. And I was, I thought I would never eat meat again. I mean, I was doing fine for years and years. And then, you know, boom, things happened. <laughs> things change. <laughs> and now I'm like, well, eh. And, but when I really look at that, when I look at me going, eh, I don't feel great about the fact that I'm saying, eh, when it comes to the environment and, and the treatment of animals. Um, but I also, I also can look around at the majority of my peers and be like, okay, well, we're all doing this. And not that that's a great reason for doing it, but it in some ways makes it so I don't have to question it as deeply. Sure. Yeah. If you were the only one eating meat, it'd be pretty f- fucking sick. People would be <laughs> like, why do you go to such lengths to procure and drink the blood of these animals. Yeah, I'm always drinking it'd, blood. It'd be a tough thing. It'd be a tough thing to uh, be a pioneer in that direction. Right. Unless you were like actually hungry, suffered from a lack of food, but if no one around you, if right. the infrastructure wasn't there. Right. It'd be tough to go solo hunting or you know farming by yourself. Yeah. I have kind of a heartwarming personal story. Oh, I'd love to hear it. I don't it. know if you, um I had this package of boneless, skinless chicken thighs in my fridge. Okay. And uh, that I bought on my last week's shopping trip. And then I saw this headline on The Onion that said, um, chicken rounds out its miserable life of factory farming by expiring in single man's fridge and getting thrown away. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking brilliant. 
Yeah. And then I was looking at this chicken lazily the other night. I had like cereal for dinner. Just didn't feel like making dinner. Yeah. And um, then I was like, oh, man, this is like the last day I bet. I've had this for about a week now. It's yeah. been in the fridge. And then I, I was like, I'm about to do that to this chicken that like I just caused this life form to suffer. And I'm just going to throw it away. Yeah. Um, and then I looked at the expiration date. And it said I actually had till the end of the month. So somehow oh, I, I, I was just wrong about how long the chicken would last. But I bought some chicken that was good to be used or frozen up until April 30th. So I wow. cooked it last night and I had some hot sauce on it and it was delicious. And this chicken's story has a happy ending. It's my happiness, but yeah, there yeah. is happiness. Well, it's certainly There's a better a alternative. It's not just all losers. Yeah, right, right. But right. like the other story is... I, I lose because I feel shame. The chicken's already lost because of its miserable yeah. existence. Yeah. If, I, I haven't even seen these documentaries. I'm kind of I, – I, I know it's probably not going to change my behavior. It's just going to make me feel worse about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a chosen ignorance. I don't feel great about it, but – yeah. I when so when I I of course watched Food Inc. for a class in college. I was a sophomore. I was yeah. like so, you know, self-righteous. Not that I'm not still not super self-righteous. Um I learned a new word for basically self-righteous uh the other night hmm. while reading a book, sanctimonious. And I sanctimonious. was like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um so I just wanted to share that with you. Um it's not an exact Thank you. Synonym, I wouldn't but... ever use that, but I would understand it in context. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but anyway, I was like, oh, yeah, that's something I am that's negative. <laughs> cool. I'll add that to my list. Um, but anyway, I was like, I was feeling super self-righteous. I watched I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah, sure. It's it can fine. be annoying, but, you know, comes from a good... Yeah, sure. Good place sure. in my mind. Well, there just has to be a word for it. <laughs> There's so many of us. The club is so large. <laughs> we need a word. <laughs> we need jackets. Um so I watched Food Inc. for a class and I uh, was like, oh, my God, holy fuck. The last meal I ate the night before was a 50 McNugget bucket from McDonald's. But I uh, decided to try vegetarianism because I was so appalled at the, uh, you know, big agriculture, big agriculture shortened to big ag um, and factory farming. I'm hearing big egg. Big ag. Uh, egg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be. Could be. It's a cute little... It's a cute little uh, nickname for it. That's but we want it to look evil, right? So it's, mm. we don't want it to be cute. Big rotten egg. Yeah, yeah, big rotten egg with like a decrepit foot sticking out of a broken shell. Um, but anyway, so this was kind of one of the first times I was really like viscerally affected by a social issue in that way and decided to take it on personally with such intensity. And I came home that winter break or whatever. And I, uh, told my parents like, Oh, you know, now I'm a vegetarian, which of course to them, like, Oh, what a pain in the ass. Like now this is something new to accommodate and <laughs> something new for my dad to continue to forget for the nine years that I was a vegetarian offering me salmon <laughs> pretty much every time <laughs> just to bring it back to that. Um, but yeah, my dad, it's funny because my dad uh, was like, sure, yeah, like I'll definitely watch it with you. Because I was like, yeah, you guys got to watch this movie. It's like, you know, it changed my life. And of course, my dad fell asleep about every five minutes. So I kept having to like elbow him. So that that wasn't worth it. But my mom just refused outright. She didn't want to see any of it or have anything to do mm -hmm. with it. And that chosen ignorance 
especially from her, which I think was a sore spot for me with her with a lot of things. I just completely went off. I like lost it. I I thought that was the worst sin someone could commit Mm. was that chosen ignorance. Yeah. I'm a little older now. I understand that life is a little more complicated and you choose your battles. Um, But yeah, it's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. How do you um, feel about me not watching this documentary? Fine. How has it changed? Do you feel like I'm just pick choosing a battle and that this is acceptable? Um, I mean, somewhat, but not in a negative way. Um, you know, I just, I just condoned that. So, <laughs> yeah, you've you've got yeah. enough fish to fry, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Good <choice>. <laughs> enough <laughs> tofu, vegan fish substitute. <laughs> fry (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. i mean and i think that like some of not that this in no way makes it better to have chosen ignorance or to know the horrors of the food industry and continue to consume but um i do think that there is an egoic motivation hands down also to being a vegetarian or a vegan you know not Mm. not 100% of the time, but I certainly had it. Like I certainly felt like, Oh, I'm a better person because of this. And I don't know. I don't know to what extent that's really true. If there really is a grand evaluation, but I felt like, Oh, I'm making a healthy choice and I'm making the environmentally responsible choice. And I mean, it really gave me a purpose at the end of the day. It gave me something to like care about that felt important to me. Um, And I think that part of the reason I've given up that particular fight was because I have newer fight, different fights now that I feel more equipped Mm. to, to fight and that have surpassed that in terms of the amount that I care about them and devote, devote my energy on a daily basis to. And Mm. I don't know. I think that's okay. I hope that's okay. (laughs) I believe it is. (sighs) I, I do believe it is. Um, I was I was wondering if you felt less violent when you weren't eating meat because Pendulette has reported that and said that a lot of other people who have gone vegetarian or vegan find that after about two months they have uh, just a, a more peaceful attitude hmm. and feel more repulsed at the idea of killing something to eat it. I definitely think the repulsion comes in. I don't, I wouldn't say that I felt more peaceful in general or less violent. I've never been a violent person almost to a negative extent where I'm sort of disowning my anger. Um, But I I would definitely say that the repulsion came in where it was like suddenly this disgust at the process um, and, and the experience of eating that food certainly helped me not eat it. And then I think over time that repulsion um, became less tangible and more ideological. And then I recognized like, you know what, it might be healthier for me and my caloric and nutrient needs to start eating meat again. And I had to, and I just kind of, it was easier to get over the repulsion. It was a year that you were just repulsed by it doing it anyway. 
no, no, it wasn't that long. It was maybe like the first month of adjusting. Like there was, there okay. were certain, I had to let certain animals back in and on certain schedules. Like I was more disgusted by certain things and, and didn't eat them for longer. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like fish took and me a while. You, yeah. No, I pretty much eat, eat anything. Yeah. <laughs> octopus too. A lot of people feel bad about the octopus. Uh, yeah. Calamari is pretty delicious. What's it going to take to get you into a martial arts class to practice these fighting urges? Um, honestly, I don't think that much. Probably just the qu- finances and the quarantine being the lifted. It's something that I would. It's something that I would enjoy. Would? Yeah. Okay. I'd love to come to your fights and cheer for you. <laughs> oh. See you in a gi. <laughs> would I be doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu? Mouth. No. No. I'm not going to get like beaten what? up. Yeah, but just wear a gi. What what kind of class are you going to take? Wear a gi. Kind of... That's not a protective just <laughs> wear a article. <laughs> it's just a robe. <laughs> Why do you, you want know. to see me do this? I just think it would be. Um... Why would that be satisfying to me? Yeah, why would that be satisfying? To root for you. I'd like to root for oh. you in competition. Oh. To see my friend out there and share the joy of your victories. And then share also the uh, whatever mix of feelings, the sadness of a loss. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that's a really sweet impulse. And I think in a less tangible, less exciting, less you know visual way that's something that you already do for me, you know, is, is staying in touch with the, staying in touch with the like emotional and psychological victories and failings that I go through mm. and okay. celebrating with me when, when I have successes and, and, uh, sharing in my defeat. Yeah. All the things that you said are things that you do for me, but not in a, like I'm watching you in combat <laughs> kind of way. <laughs> I see. I, I wouldn't, uh, we have a lot of friends that are like musicians or performers of some type or another, uh, you know, asking to come see their show. Wouldn't it be cool mm. if one of our friends, though, was just a fighter? Yeah. I feel like there's probably not a lot of overlap, but if they were struggling to get, get people in the stands, they could infiltrate a musician community and uh, probably find people who are sick of seeing seeing acoustic sets <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 no i think that would be really interesting it's almost like a friendship cultural exchange program where you just you pluck someone out of a group where all they do is like watch their friends play sports and you stick them in the middle of like a soft artist community <laughs> <laughs> and mm-hmm. you switch. <laughs> it's like a foreign exchange program for fanship. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I do that. think that I really like like, OK, there's one argument that the more you see a certain type of thing, the more you appreciate it and mm. the, the more interesting each performance becomes. Yeah. But a yeah. more powerful trend for me, I think, is the novelty of like going to the circus for the first time in years. Yeah. Or like going and seeing live jazz is one for me that I haven't done in a long time. But I remember that really hit me with that. Like, whoa, these guys are like making this up together and they're so in time. Just seeing that at uh, Mary Lou at at Duke. Mm -hmm. Um, Seeing new forms like that. Pretty. Yeah. And I enjoy the process of 
learning that it takes to get to the point where you can appreciate the subtleties of it. Like, Ooh, what's Mm -hmm. that? Like, why is that a good move? And why is that, you know, you watching it with someone who, you know, knows those nuances. Oh, and people love explaining that shit if they like it, (laughs) giving them the, the joy of like telling you why it's good and why they're excited about it is the best feeling. Yeah. It is really fun to be around someone who is really excited about something. I was listening to a, a Joe, one of those comedians on the Joe Rogan podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, um, I know I bring that up often, but he was saying that when Michael Jackson died and people called him and asked if he had heard, he told everyone the no that he hadn't heard. So each person could get the joy of re-explaining, <laughs> of like telling somebody about Michael Jackson's death <laughs> and going through the whole process of no way, like disbelief for them. Wow. Um, and I've I've been looking ever since hearing that for something that I can do that with, too. You could have done that when I recommended Midnight Gospel. I was pretty excited to give you that recommendation, and I was a little bummed uh, that you already had it, but that's okay. That I already. I had been anticipating that show for months. Oh, okay, okay. Seeing things about it on my social media okay. and Joe Rogan's podcast. Got it, got it, got it. Several layers of connected to that team. Right. Duh. Yeah. Whereas I just turned on Netflix one day and was like, sure, I'll watch this and then got excited about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It came out on 420, um, right. which is Duncan Trussell's birthday <laughs> and also the the yeah. weed holiday. Yeah. Yeah. That's it is. Funny. It's his birthday. It comes up in the last episode. Uh, okay. Well, yep. That's the only one I haven't watched, as you know. I do. We discussed this before the show. Um, what do you what would you say about diving into a question? Terrible idea. Let's just not do any of this episode. <laughs> Let's just keep vibing on whatever we're vibing on. <laughs> <laughs> this is what people come for. Fine, I'll give you a question. Do we you know really that? Question? Oh, you want you you want to say one? Okay. Oh, you want to say one? Oh, oh, we could do either one. We could just circle around this dance the whole rest of the episode. Do you, you want to? Do, I could, <laughs> but, or or you could. We could argue about who gets who 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 wants more to share the question and who wants more to be the person who is receiving novel information. All right, the only fair thing to do is a race. So Lily Cuke asks, box of popsicle <laughs> sticks. Box of popsicle sticks. What does it mean? Uh-huh. A small box arrived today, packed full of wooden popsicle sticks. Oh, I love and those. And only wooden popsicle sticks. Yeah. The mailing label was printed by computer and not handwritten and addressed to be my name, but not my legal name, my nickname. Ooh. What do I do? How would this get sent to me? Is there any way this could be a scam? (laughs) (laughs) The scam is that they just send random people that didn't ask for popsicle sticks some popsicle sticks. (laughs) That's the best scam of all time. I'll tell you why. I don't think you need to be worried. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, okay. So as a former art therapist and just a crafting enthusiast, Popsicle sticks are a gold mine. There are so many great things you can do with popsicle sticks. I don't even know the full extent of all the things you can do with popsicle sticks. And they're just small pieces of wood and they smell good and they feel good in your hands. Those are three to four great reasons to have popsicle sticks. (laughs) You can also make popsicles. (laughs) The lesser known, the the real hipster thing to do would be to actually make popsicles. Don't use them for that. I he don't think it's wants. a scam. Um, why do you think this person received this box of popsicle sticks? So my, I mean, 
I have no clue. I don't even care, to be honest, because it's like, I mean, I guess if I were the recipient, I would spend a few minutes wondering that too and, and think, oh, okay, maybe there was some kind of error with some shop like website I've used to buy things before and like, you know, sent by mistake, whatever, whatever. But it is a pretty weird mistake that takes some follow through to actually happen. I would just think I, when life gives you popsicle sticks, I think you just make a God's eye. <laughs> Although you got to buy yarn. <laughs> you got to buy yarn for that. But yeah. yeah, you could build like a tower. Oh my God. There's just so many great things you could do. I'm so excited for you. Just take a look at your credit card bill over the next month just to see if there's any charges that you don't that don't add up mm-hmm. but i think that you're fine i don't think this is a scam they can't get you for opening it i mean <laughs> my anxious brain would say okay well maybe if the popsicle sticks if they claim that they're poison and if you put one in your mouth then they'll sell you the cure or something <laughs> don't don't put them in your mouth i guess yeah um but then you wouldn't need to go through sending that many popsicle sticks. Um, you could just send an envelope with white powder and be like, aha, you've been anthraxed and you owe me $10,000 for the cure. Yeah. That's how you design that scam. So I think it's just kind of like a, I'd keep it around, tell people about it. Yes, it, tell people. Someone could so, have sent it to you. You have a story now. You have a you have a thing that you can give away that's kind of kooky. Yeah. Imagine if Buy I showed up in, in person. <laughs> And I gave you a popsicle stick and I handed it to you. Wouldn't that just add a little bit of whimsy to the the interaction? You'd be like, yep. Wow. Was that it? <laughs> wow. Well, You'd be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say like, well, yeah. something, something. <laughs> no. You'd be like, wow. <laughs> like you could W-H-O-A. Write, you could write an inspiring quote. On the popsicle stick and hand it out after coronavirus, of course. Um, you could put googly eyes on it, popsicle stick friends. You could drum. Uh, oh my God, it's just limitless. It's just limitless potential. I'd glue it to the mouth of a brass statue. Oh. The kind that sits on a bench. Okay. Uh huh. So it would look like the tongue, or like, what do you mean, glue it to the mouth? Like they are eating, like they a, popsicle? eating a popsicle. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Like rip it You'd in half have to and cut put it the, in half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You break it. You could Classic. cut it. Yeah. Then you become the scammer. Um, but th- yeah, the, what Rob was saying before about talk to people about it, I think that's a great one because especially talk to people that you know know this particular nickname of yours and may have had it sent to you. Um, Sounds like everybody knows this nickname. Okay, well then talk to everybody. <laughs> the search it's must like not Nikki stop. For Mm, mm. I thought it was maybe like sweet cheeks for Brendan. Sweet cheeks for Brendan. <laughs> okay, no, no. We don't no. fucking know. We don't fucking know. Um, I would say that anything that you get is an opportunity. And mm. maybe this opportunity right now looks like a danger or looks like a project that you don't want to take on. That's fine. But there's always mm-hmm. the lens through which to see it as... Yeah, an opportunity, an invitation to be creative. Maybe you mm-hmm. write thing. Maybe you write the tiniest note you could possibly on each of those popsicle sticks to a specific person and, and mail it to them as just like a nice little thought. Call it a thought. Do pop. some Amelie shit. <laughs> what kind of Amelie shit? I don't. I don't remember Amelie that well because, as we discussed, my memory for movies is not so good. She's 
um, I do remember the title. Around. She 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 snoops around and um, creates little serendipitous moments. She reunites mm. an old man with his childhood tin of toys mm-hmm. that was hidden in the wall, and she finds out who's who used to live there as a boy, and she leaves it for him on a park bench, and then calls the payphone so that he comes over or no, leaves it in the in the phone booth, and he comes in and answers the phone when he's walking by, and uh, sees the tin and is brought to tears. She watches this, and she has her quirky little French smile. Yeah, And she yeah. decides that she's going to do whimsical, wonderful, uh, anonymous thing, like little yeah. gifts for people like that that are very personal by studying them. She becomes like kind of an angel. Or kind of a creep. I remember thinking it was a little creepy. She's a pretty I... girl, though. Yeah, still. But she's not asking for. She just wants to watch as these person have these these people have these experiences. Sure, but like like, she discovers two people that would be good for each other. mm. She knows they'd fall in love, and then she unites them. But how bored do you have to be to be that type of deep kind of voyeur? Like a deep voyeur. (laughs) It's a lot of time to spend. I mean, you could spend a lot of time watching TV, which I think a lot of people do. That's true. This is this is an interactive program. Yeah, less creepy but less productive. Listen, automation is coming and and we're going to have people don't really need to. How many people do we need to work? What percentage yeah, of the population? Totally. Totally. Five, maybe like if, if, if we didn't have we don't need most of the shit that we create. Yeah. Wouldn't we be OK with like five percent of people working right now if we didn't. Have a thousand types of hats and well, how many spoons. people do we have working? What percentage of people are working right hat. now? Like we're prov- we're kind of proving this. I mean, yes, there's financial crisis because it's like a sudden adjustment. Um, but I think it right. is pointing. But if we to had built it, the system from the ground up, right. Of like trying to maximize people's mm-hmm. free time and, and minimize um, uh, consumption or minimize right, right. ownership of things. Yeah. Creation of things. Then, like. But I think that I do think that we shouldn't eliminate all work because I think that pe- it makes people appreciate leisure. But it's like, how do you distribute that work to be accomplishing things that we are all in agreement that are like necessary and important versus, yeah, 800 gazillion types of hats, as you said. Hats are the first sure. thing to go for me. I don't give two fucks about hats. Never wear hats. Hate them. It's just a nuisance to me. It's just covering my crown chakra, (laughs) making me less spiritual. A necklace or a bracelet is a lot less. Hats are, are, I would say. I know. You know, a helmet is a specific type of hat. So is a hard hat. And those save lives. Totally. Um, You're going to be wearing a soft helmet the next time you step into the ring for your sparring. (laughs) True, true. Thank God for that. Thank you to everyone who helped put that together. I love the smell. Of that foam that's in that shiny plastic wrap. What? I don't you know, know what you're talking about. that kind of padding, that like karate helmet that you wear. It's a soft helmet that's got holes in it. And it's got, it's made out of that foam, that like gym class mat foam, like a okay. pillow paddle. Okay. Pillow polo paddle. Okay. You know those? I'm, I'm roughly with that you. I'm not 100% with you. 90% with you. It's like... Squishy foam on like a gym mat and gym yeah, class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got you, but I don't know specifically the hat you're talking about. They wear helmets made out of that. Okay. Protect you. Like a wrestling helmet. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. That. 
sure. breathable breathability holes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's let's do another. Do you, question. I was going to say, do we think yours. we've? Yeah. Okay. I've got one, and it segues on the topic of nicknames. Tell me. All right. <laughs> I find this one very amusing. <laughs> Uh, this one comes to us from Reddit user another account 772 changing my name sort of my 18 name I assume that she's trying to say that her age is 18 my name is Molly but I've never liked it obviously Molly doesn't really lend itself to a lot of nicknames so I've been trying to think of some more creative options (laughs) okay I really like the sound of Mandy Ah, sure. Which cracks me up because it's the same number of syllables and also very difficult to nickname. Um, but I like the spirit of it. Uh, I really like this. Is that an editorial note from Morgan? Yes, this is a note from Morgan. This is a note from Morgan, okay. who also has a, na- a two-syllable name that starts with M that is really shit for nicknames. Um, so I understand the impulse. I really like the sound of Mandy, but I'm not sure if that's too much of a stretch. Do you think it's close enough to Molly to be an acceptable nickname? Basically, would you think it's strange if I met some if you met someone named Molly who asked to be called Mandy? <laughs> my that's my main critique of this this user who I so appreciate for writing this question. Um, but I don't see if you like if you like the name Mandy, it's like okay, so you just want to be called Mandy. But like Molly, your chief complaint about Molly was that it didn't have major nickname potential. So then you're choosing another name that also doesn't really have much nickname potential. That's kind of how I see it. But if you want to be called Mandy, fuck yeah. Mandy Tell people to call you Mandy. Nickname. Why you not? Need, uh, uh, you want, you think she wants people to riff on her given name? That it's un, That's why it's unclear. Molly, Molly, Bobali, Fofali. You think, okay. <laughs> Mall. I mean, I definitely um, know Mollies that have gone, you know, Mall or M, not Lee. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really work. But if you want to be called Mandy, fucking go for it. I wouldn't think that was um, weird. Mandy. Molly. Mandy. You get that nice duh, the, the tongue click doesn't roll so much as Molly. That that kind of feels like you never get a satisfying climax to the sound. <laughs> You're doing Mandy. <laughs> duh. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. You're, you, there's more structure in your mouth. So maybe that's what you're looking for. Um, I, I think it's great for people to come up with their own names yes i'm not the type of like just think about the, the the type of person who says that's not their real name is just there's no such thing as a real name why yeah, right there's a there's a government agency there's a listing sure but that's just a name that somebody else picked for them right somebody if, like call a person whatever they want to be called i think unless it's a particularly offensive term or designed to confuse mm-hmm. or otherwise cause mayhem <laughs> doesn't seem like there's any ill intent behind Mandy. Yeah. You well, know? Mayhem though. If they like two syllable M names, that's a cool one. It's a cool nickname. Mayhem could be a good nickname for Mandy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's, I think you should, you should choose something that you want to hear a lot because people obviously use your name. And if you're not stoked on Molly, yeah, if you like Mandy, go for it. And then if a month from now you're like, actually, I don't like Mandy. I like this other thing. Go for it. I think that the process of finding an identity that fits and evolving and changing and letting yourself grow, it's all a part of that, that exploration. Um, but for your, for your own ease of use, it might be 
best to sit with it for a little bit and think about, okay, am I really, is this, do I like this enough to take everyone through the switch process? Do it with the cool people first. <laughs> do it with just the friends. Don't do it with work or parents or, you know, extended family. Just do it with the cool folks, the folks that are, are willing to riff yeah. anyway. Yeah, and just find some early adopters. See how it feels. Some cool mm. early adopters. Get, get one. You know, if if uh, Morky Pine over there came to me and said, <laughs> I want people to start calling me mayhem or I want, you know. Yeah. Will you be the first to mm-hmm. do it so that I can say that my friend calls me mayhem? Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah, sh- sure thing, mayhem. And then she could <laughs> use that line with the second person. And then the third person, she could say, my friends call me mayhem. Yeah. Right. Um, right. Once you get two, then you're plural. Not line. Yeah. yeah. Right. You're not it's, lying. You need that first person, though. Yeah. Really, you need the first two. I, I think suppose. the first person, what you got to do, once you get the first person to adopt it, ride or die, then you plant them in with the second person. And you do a casual drive-by nicknaming, like "Oh, hey, May- Mayhem." You show people. Uh-huh. You, you show, show people that's your name rather uh-huh. than tell them. Uh huh. And then once you got the mm-hmm. second person, then you're like, "Oh yeah, my friends." <laughs> that's, yeah, that's that's key to uh, that, the curve. <laughs> you come up with a very simple dance that you do whenever people call you that as kind of a reward, and then yes. people want to say it so they get to see the dance. I love that. Yeah, you high five Maybe them, whatever. Finger guns. Finger you guns. shoot at your feet and you you jump each time that you shoot that that foot. Like oh oh, you that's get, mayhem. You get comfortable me. with Barry Manilow and you Sorry, start your name playing is Mandy. Mandy. Yeah, <laughs> Mandy. Um, Mandy. I'm thinking of a man in a, his D now. Is, mm. is that's the type of dance direction? And I don't know that you want that. I don't know. Maybe this is. Maybe you're attracted to that because it has the word man in it. Maybe this is kind of like. Trying on a more masculine identity. I'm not sure about that. Might be. It could be, but then she would just choose. Molly kind of rolls in the mouth. It's it's like it's very round. Mandy has a point, but it's also it's a still a primarily female given name. So if she was looking to explore a more masculine identity, this would be a very thin margin of improvement <laughs> when she could just choose a man's name. <laughs> sure. Um. But as someone who I hate, so I hated my name growing up, Morgan. I thought it sounded like a horse eating its own poop, just like Morgan. (laughs) I fucking hated it. I thought it was just so ugly. I hated that it was unisex. I really wanted to. A horse eating its own poop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I said that. I said that as a youth. Um, Yeah, it's still not my favorite name. (laughs) (laughs) but I've found things to appreciate about it over the years and seeing it through other people's eyes and not just my own also helped me to gain more appreciation for it. Um, so maybe talk to a friend that you trust too about your perceptions of the name Molly and their perceptions of the name Molly and just, just do, do a little bit of digging there, um, to see if maybe some of some of the issue that you're having could be beyond the name itself. That's, that's what I'm hinting at. It's go, you know, go, go out there and be called whatever you want. Um, but once you change your name to Mandy, those problems could still be waiting for you. Um, I want to give some functional advice. Please. 
as opposed to my, my non-functional advice. <laughs> throw <laughs> throw out our philosophical. advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yours, yeah. Fair, yours fair, is fair. like invitation for deeper soul searching. It always and, is. <laughs> uh, personal growth. Of course. Which is great, of course. Uh, you know, they may be like, yeah, 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 I don't want any of that, though. Like, yeah, I, I just want a, a quick thing that is going to feel good right now. You know? Totally. Depends on their motivation. Totally. Um, and I do appreciate you offering that often. Yeah. Um. But not right now. So go for it. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I'm just fucking with you. I'm just fucking It's with a you. great time for that. What else are you doing when you're quarantined but like staring at your belly button and thinking, who who do I really want to be? Who am I? My and core. What have I been? How does that differ from my self-concept at, at, at current? Yeah. Um, yeah. You could preserve the, the M and the L and play around with the vowels so you could become like moolah. Ooh, that means money. You could reverse it, Yulam. I wouldn't do that, Yulam. Um, <laughs> sorry, <I> just... <laughs> it was no stupider than your thing. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you could become mealy, mealy, like the texture of an apple. Ew! Oh the, no. The... <laughs> Okay, so you could think of names that are worse, yeah, and then compare Molly to them, and then think about how I kind of like that name. Yeah, yeah, I I do I I do appreciate what you're saying about just how the two different names sound like in your mouth, because every every sound, every name, every word has a vibration, and maybe maybe it's not about whether it it changes the name that much. But it, it shifts the vibration. And maybe Mandy just has a more attractive vibration to you. Yeah. It, maybe you like the feel. You, you have to make your mouth into a certain shape to get that out. You know? You're going to make that shape a lot. Maybe you have a lazy tongue or upper jaw or something that, that it just doesn't feel right to make those shapes. It doesn't feel good given your anatomy. Yeah. You know? They don't inspect a baby's mouth and say... How much are they going to like the feeling of this sound in their mouth that they have to identify with? They should. They should. They should open they the should. mouth of every baby, and they should see how happy it is when they place its tongue in different places in its mouth. This um, is very valuable testing. It's a cause we care about. We're raising money right now. You can donate at somewhere. <laughs> Listen, Lyndon B. Johnson was just called the baby. For the first four months of his life. He didn't have a name. Really? It's true. I saw it. Huh. I wonder how that affected him. for some him. reason, one day they decided, okay, we'll call him Lyndon. That's interesting. He became the president. Imagine if he still didn't have a name. <laughs> if he was just the man. The, the <laughs> baby became the boy, became the man. Yeah. And they were just like the man for president. Wow. Universal appeal. Kind of. It's interesting. It's interesting. Um, the last piece of advice that I want to give um, on this, yeah. not closing the door to any advice you may have, but um, oh, thank you. I think it's I think it's more important how you feel about the change than does the other person think it's weird that you're named Molly and being and asking someone to call you Mandy. Um, so I think at the end of the day, it's. Are you comfortable with it? Are you confident? And it doesn't matter that Mandy isn't a, you know, obvious prescribed nickname out of Molly. 
to me at least. Um, and I think that, like I said before, it's, it's all a process of finding yourself. And if in a month mm-hmm. you're like, Mandy doesn't feel right. All right, cool. You had to try it to know that. I, I, this may be some advice that Morgan gave, but w- what is it that Mandy can do that Molly can't, mm. you know? Is there like a haircut difference? <laughs> there a I'm Mandy and I have bangs. Does maybe does Molly say frick and Mandy goes right out and says fuck? <laughs> yeah, that's a really that's a, a good point. Like you know, does it give you permission yes. to do new things? Yes. And if that's like uh, imagine that. You could have a party called Mandy Gras, where once you come out of the closet as Mandy, you invite people over. You could play a lot of Mandy Moore music. Yes. And walk to remember on the TV and make colorful drinks and throw out beads and have kind of like a little mini costume parade. People wearing funky glasses and big hats. And then that's kind of like your Mandy's birthday. Yeah, your coming out party. I think that'd be a fun party to go to. If, Me too. Like if, if Morgan was doing this and said that her new name was Mandy and she was having a Mandy Gras, I would go to that. Yep. I love it. I love it. Do you have Great. a question you want to take on next? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here. Okay. Um, something a little heavier. Okay. So, uh, Let's do it. heavy, right? Let's do it. I don't know how heavy it's going to be, but. We'll find out. You're right over there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Me? Yeah. I'm fine. It was a longer pause than I was expecting. Well, that's you and the rest of the country, right? That's um, true. Three Ayush three says, "Want to quit social media except Reddit." Mm. I really want to quit all social media, like Facebook, Insta, Twitter. They are just so addictive. I've tried everything to control my social media addiction, but I can't. I spend most of the time scrolling news feed and all those shit. If you can give any advice, please, please give me. Hmm. I very much feel the pain of this uh, question asker. It was the name was a little confusing, so I'm not going to repeat it. Um, 3-A-U-S-3. 3-A-U-S-3. I really feel the pain of this, and I I feel in the the question, like, the urgency of, like, oh, my God, I'm being bombarded with this shit, and all I want to do is turn it off, and I can't. Um, I think Mm -hmm. that's how a lot of people feel in response to social media. It's overwhelming, and it's disempowering, um, and it's got this grip on us that we can't seem to shake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think that the start of the answer for me, which I, I didn't come through so much in the question, but I want to know a, a big why. The big why of why are you so eager to quit? What both, both what is the pain point of you staying on social media for you? Like what is it like to have this experience over and over and why is it so challenging? Why is it so disruptive? Why is it so painful? And then 
what would you get? Uh, what would it feel like to no longer have this in your life? What would be the benefit of being able to give this up and getting really, really clear on those things? Because I think it's much harder to break an addictive behavior when you don't have a clear sense of why it's important to you. Because then you can just keep talking yourself into not changing your behavior at all. Okay, so write down your um, expected reward for mm. if I do get rid of this, what will it feel like? What will, I, what will it grant me access to or give me room for? Yeah, I think it's I think both sides great... of the equation. The before, the like, mm -hmm. what's the pain point right now? And the after of what will it be like on the other side of this addiction? Yes. Um, I've, uh, I've heard of a model of habits that is you experience some type of a cue that could be an emotional state. It could be a room that you enter. It could be something People. that someone says, yeah. any kind of trigger. Yeah. Um, being around a certain person, being waiting in line at Chipotle is a cue for me to check my phone. I don't do that anymore, but back when I used to go to Chipotle and wait in line. Um, <laughs> and then there's some action that you take that is inspired by the cue. This is subconscious. This isn't something that you're deciding, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. It just happens. You, you You've done it. You decided to do it in the past, and then now it, it's a habit. So taking your um, phone out would and be then that. You get taking that happens subconsciously. Swiping. Okay, got it. Yeah, hitting the. For me, I don't have Facebook installed on my phone. Thinking, oh yeah, that, then I won't check it on my phone so much. But I just go <laughs> to the Safari and I type F, and yep. then it it, it knows. dropped down <laughs> suggests it, and it, it's just a very similar. It's no real functional difference. I'm glad that I don't have Facebook installed on my phone because I've heard that they do some spying and listening into your microphone and then they'll advertise. You know, I, I don't. I would like to not support that, but um, I just get a slightly less optimal version of Facebook on my phone. Um, it's the same addiction, though. And right. then you get that reward. And so looking mindfully at what does it provide, for me it's some type of um, – not good enough substitute for mm. seeing people. It's like that being, it feels, it tricks my brain into thinking that I'm being social and that I'm connecting with people right. by seeing them. Like, like as if I had run into somebody at the mall, like, Oh, it's that friend, yeah. but they don't see me back. It's, it's like a, a safer way of interacting with somebody without opening myself up to being judged by them in a way that I don't want to be because I can perfectly manicure like they don't see all the dumb pauses and misuses of words um, because I can Google what does this word mean that I'm about to write in my status and like take as long as I want um, yeah or like delete the pictures that I don't like of myself and I think that that is exactly the difference too between an intimate connected interaction and not is the being seen part mm -hmm. um and that's mistakes and all the like right the ability the inability to correct yourself yeah right because it connects your humanness to their humanness and when that isn't happening it's like all just this two-dimensional sheen and then neither party f feels that same fullness you get that little dopamine hit of like oh they liked it back or whatever um I don't think that's even a thing, um, but it 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 gives you that little sugar high versus a real sustained fullness that can come from 
organic human felt interaction. Yeah. And it's, it's gamified and competitively designed and redesigned over the last decade or two to engage your attention as much as possible to push your emotional buttons and give you that, that hit in a way that is instantly rewarding. And so, yes. So you spend more um, time on it so that advertisers will get their messages seen. Like that, that's kind of it. (laughs) They think like, especially Facebook, it's like they position themselves like they're this big community building platform and they are, but the, the more insidious element that's not necessarily as visible is the fact that really it's a way to collect data on us and to sell, sell us shit, which can be positive shit, but it, it, it's important to remember that both of those things are happening simultaneously. Yes. And they're very, very good at it. And it doesn't make you a weak person. Right. Or it's not a reflection of you. This isn't an issue that is uh, unique to you. A hundred percent. So I think you have to just find a replacement of some sort. Mm. Um, You say you wanted to stay on Reddit. You could check Reddit at those moments that you don't want to do those other things. Um, I wonder what it is that's unique about Reddit for you. Maybe it's the anonymity, like not being faced with people that you know in real life. Though Twitter might have some aspect of that as well for you. Um, I wonder if there's mm-hmm. something that is like reading a book on your phone. Um Maybe doing some type of uh, like a compulsive journaling, trying to compulsive journaling, some... <laughs> <laughs> just writing That's down great. whatever is happening at the moment and making that a new habit, some replacement for those moments that you reach for your phone. You could like put the phone in the other room or try to get away from the phone totally. Or there's a in the box method of like find a new habit of thing to do on your phone that uh, will, like, scratch that itch for novelty. Mm. It's tough to go from a consuming to a generative habit. I've tried that. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to write down every time that I feel like looking at some feed. And I was like, oh, well, then I have to ask myself what I think. And I'm trying to <laughs> escape that right now by, like, yeah. looking at what some – like, I want to outsource the thinking to somebody else. I want to be held, like, by letting another – way of uh, another mind into my head and let that tell me what you know put words in my mind create right right um i th- and i think that knowing what the right activity for that replacement will be um will come from a little bit of an assessment of like well what were you getting out of using these social media platforms kind of like we talked about before it's like okay if if you're turning to facebook because you are wanting to connect then what would be a habit that you could build that would actually be about genuinely connecting could be texting a friend and saying, Hey, like, how's your day? You know? Um, Mm -hmm. but if it's something, but yeah, if it's a, it's a search for, uh, interesting articles because maybe that's what people are posting on Facebook or Twitter that you're reading. Okay. So Reddit might fulfill that need for you, but you could also, um, you know, go right to a news source and I think it's I think it's important to again get a clear sense of what are you using these platforms for and and being honest about it too. 
Um, because I think that addictions can continue when we have shame about what they are actually, how they are serving us. And the, the greater extent that we can be honest with ourselves first and then potentially letting in a close friend that that's even more like, whoa, next big step to reduce, um, reduce the shame around it and to share yourself vulnerably with someone else. Um, but, but we so often hide from ourselves and we want to, we act like, Oh, if I don't on an unconscious level, we act like, Oh, if I don't acknowledge to myself that this is what I'm getting out of this, exchange or pursuit that allows it to continue and it allows it to be this shameful thing that you do when you're this using self, for example, like whether it's Mm -hmm. whatever is a substance or a behavior, it allows you to kind of like sequester that part of your identity off in a different part of your brain and compartmentalize. And it kind of perpetuates it continuing. So the more that you can just be real with yourself and acknowledge the full spectrum, good and bad, and everything in between of what am I getting out of this? The the easier it will be to really unearth and sort of eradicate the behavior versus like you're clinging on to things in the dark, kind of keep it in place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like Rob said, I mean, t- social media addiction is something that, such a high percentage of us uh, have to deal with. And especially for for people that have to be on those platforms for our job or, you know, our career, what we do, it makes it a lot harder when you can't just black and white go, I'm just going to 100% put this down. Um, it makes you have to get a lot more granular about, okay, well, what part of this is the addictive perpetually seeking hungry ghost kind of behavior and what part of this is still Ooh, acceptable hungry usage. Ghost, I like that. Hungry ghost. Yeah. That's a, that's a term that, oh God, I forget what author originally used it, but you know, in There's the title of, of Gabor Mate's book there you in go. the realm of the hungry ghost. There you go. That's the one. Um, I, yeah, I think it's mm-hmm. so, it's so well captures that vampiric, like trance, like, I'm just led by my base desires and and not really getting a fulfillment. Yeah. So offering yourself the anti the antidote by giving yourself things that really are filling and nourishing versus continuing to kind of blindly lead yourself through short-term desire after short-term desire can help disrupt that pattern cuz you'll look at if you feel really fulfilled and good about yourself, you know, you'll look at those things and you'll be like, eh, I'm not as compelled to pick that up right now. Yeah. But it takes time and it takes an honest examination. Yeah. And perhaps a change of environment, something where you can eliminate the triggers. You're in a new place. You're not used to having your phone. That can make it easier, but that's a larger change and you might just be trying to do the easiest way to get rid of this right now. Yeah. And I think it can be really, I was talking to someone on the phone about this the other day. It is so hard because sometimes you can think, okay, well, I'm going to knock out one of these things at a time because I don't want to bite off more than I can chew and then fail. Um, But then, and I think that there's validity to that. But then the other side of the coin is to what extent am I allowing these behaviors to continue and, and just justifying them and rationalizing them and sort of feeding the addiction without realizing Mm -hmm. it. It's a really hard line to walk. Um, 
especially with especially with something like social media too, where it's the harm the harm that it does you may be a little bit um, amorphous or you know not not so uh, dangerous in in obvious mm-hmm. ways, but it kind of degrades you over time, <laughs> kind of wears you down. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it depletes you. Yeah. Well. Thank you for that question. Yeah. I fear that our free advice hour is coming to its end. Yeah. I'm really glad that you took us to that that deeper, more intense level. I think that made a good rounded out oh, episode you. for us. Thanks, Rob. Oh, it was a great episode. <laughs> People who don't like this episode need to quit right now. <laughs> if you and are... Go back to their Rush Limbaugh... <laughs> Jake Tappers. <laughs> if you are holding on to hope that somehow this podcast is going to be different after 51 episodes, yeah, it may be time to hang your hat. No, just kidding. Just wait until next season. We're going to change a lot of shit. Oh, my God. What are we going to change? We what is next season? Changes coming through the pipeline. We're going to add video. We're going to add oh, yeah. listeners calling in. Yeah. We're going to we're gonna tell m- more stories with twists. From our own lives, <laughs> yeah. We're gonna, in, we're gonna involve games where we play two truths and a lie. That's so my that least favorite game, but I like the idea of games that. in general. I feel so much yeah. pressure because I hate lying. Advertisers, <laughs> advertisers. You might do these things. <laughs> we live streaming is something that we've talked about a lot, and I really would like us uh-huh. to see us get into that. But it'll definitely be, uh, it'll, I want to say, necessitated by. But I don't think that's right. I don't think that's a thing. I want to say it'll be necessitated by quarantine being over and us being able to be in the same room. It'll require that? It will require no, that. We could, we, could, <laughs> we could just put up some type of a split screen diagonally where each of us is in a triangular video. Whoa. Um, you know, I'm, of course, that? top left, your bottom right. <laughs> we could do that live, though? We could do that live. Okay. Um, Look at CNN. <laughs> If CNN can do it, clearly we can. <laughs> yeah, we could do, do that. I have gotten, I will say, positive feedback from uh, a friend and listener about how during quarantine, the quali- the audio quality of our podcast surpasses some of the popular podcasts that they listen to because the way that we do it because oh, we each yeah. have a mic set up. And I was like, wow, I feel really fucking professionally validated <laughs> So thank you, Sam. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Samantha, my dear friend listening. Sometimes you're just flipping through the podcast and you're thinking to yourself, which is going to have the cleanest audio? <laughs> Who's going to, where am I going to, I'm not, I don't want to hear the hum of a refrigerator. I don't want to hear no. that traffic noise in the background. I just want like clear, crystal clear person's voice into my head. Yes. You want unfiltered access. And we give you that on free advice. We give you that. We try. <laughs> we try. That's so hard. We try. I mean, I, I guess I guess there still is a level of filtration that's happening, like, just in the form of the fact that, like, okay, now we're, like, pressing record. And now, now the things that we talk about are potentially going to reach other ears. Whereas, like, we, since the quarantine, what we've been doing, our routine has been to, like, jump on the phone and we talk to each other for a little bit and then eventually we're like, all right, let's kick this off. But I, I do wonder, like I still, I still feel to some extent, although so much less so than when we first started, that that added layer of pressure or maybe just like restraint 
that comes with, okay, now we're podcasting. And I've tried to get rid of it. Yeah. Like I've tried to really be myself. Nah, you don't want to get rid of it. You're <laughs> going to hurt a lot of people if you get rid of it completely. No, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to like put people in the doghouse. I just mean like in just terms of my general. List off who's got little dicks. <laughs> But that's what this would become. It's all we do the hour before. The little dick cast. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we're just, you know, a lot of it is just our conjecture. Yeah. But little dicks and hurtful. big vaginas. <laughs> yeah. People whose shit don't work right downstairs. <laughs> list them off. Um, oh, it's mean. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That was bad. I, sometimes I'll say something and I'll be like, oh, I don't like that facet of myself that said that. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, that's that's the side that we keep hidden in the shadows from the yeah. podcast, which is the the outward facing, the side of us that you know the people love. I don't know. I think I've seen a lot of my shadow through listening back to this podcast. Like, there have the, definitely been episodes. <laughs> Not the butthole stuff. I think the butthole stuff We're is. We're gonna do great. a butthole compilation. <laughs> the butthole is a portal <laughs> to the truth, the honest truth. <laughs> um. No, I mean, like, sometimes I'll be like, oh, I sound pretentious or like, oh, that's that's not very modest. And like, you know, there's just like subtle things yeah. where I'm like, ooh, is that something that people pick up on in my personality normally? Like, yeah, I don't like that. Or am I just being too judgmental? It's it's kind of unclear. Sure. It's kind of unclear. It's a gray area. We just we are what we are. Yeah. Yeah. But if you do want to talk to us and tell us things about the podcast or give us your questions, we always love to hear that. And, uh, you can do yes. that as you may or may not know by emailing us at free advice podcast at gmail.com. Um, we're going to keep right That's on going whether or not we hear from you. Gmail.com. Yes. Yes. Yes, exactly. But we want to hear from you. I mean, Great. anything, why not? We do. We do. Random thoughts, question. questions. And yeah. We'll anonymize your identity. If you don't if provide you us choose there's no shame in that yeah yeah there's no shame in saying hey don't put my name up but <laughs> do i need to use different soil for the cactus from the flowers i have two things that i have potted do i need can i use the same dirt i, I want people to know that i'm struggling with this I <laughs> also i could have just googled this but fuck it, you guys, but you i'd guys rather wait a heyday. week <laughs> I'd rather wait a week to get yeah. a non-professional answer because <laughs> I don't know shit about like planting succulents. So. You know what really motivates? I think you're right. You could always find someone who's a better expert somewhere in the world. But what, can, what can't they find better than what we do here? But you're not going to get the kind of attention and love that mm -hmm. we're offering. Mm -hmm. We really, we, we spend a long time kind of just moseying around dancing and plopping and flopping <laughs> on whatever whatever you gave us just pooping and all over it <laughs> yeah if you go to a doctor with your medical issue they're not even gonna poop gonna on you say, they're gonna say yeah exactly they're gonna say, this is what's wrong and this is what you need to do but what if you kind of want someone to just shimmy up against it and repeat themselves and then <laughs> tell a semi-related story from their life. Where are you going to get that? Especially in quarantine right now. Where are you going to get that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why not bring your problem to Mama Morgan and Papa Rob and let mm -hmm. them just massage you with warmth and love and crude jokes and humor and some kind of combination of 
total lack of pretension and slight pretension. I think, yeah, I think mm. we're special. I think we've got something. <laughs> we've got, we really got something here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And everyone that writes in is very special. Yes. Oh my God. We have the most special, special listeners. Guaranteed. Oh my God. Guaranteed. Our contributors are, listen, when we yeah. sift through Reddit to get our questions, we are looking at thousands of people that suck. And then we pick out a couple really good ones that are special people yeah. who have written a short question. They That's a big consideration. Length. This isn't, they're not submitting their manuscript for review <laughs> at the publisher in some crowdsourced Penguin classics. Right, right. They need guidance from us now. Ah, and we're going to give it to them. And yeah, we pick great people. Oh. Yeah, and we love hearing back from them too. If they listened, and if they, uh, you know, try out our advice and what they thought, that that's truly the most beautiful light at the end of the long dark tunnel that is the recording this podcast. (laughs) Just kidding, (laughs) it's fun. Um, It's fun, but we love hearing from you guys. To be alive, yeah, I think so. I could name like six. If I was like. If I was like ready to end it all, yeah, just just remind me that it about this podcast and how good it feels. Aww. I'm not at that in that state of mind. You're right, just, right. You know, yeah. Just to get everybody calm down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I mean having many, many, many times been in the "Am mm-hmm. I going to end it all?" frame of mind. I think that what I would say about that is like it always seems like. I will never be happy again, guaranteed. Mm. And that's never been true. Every time that I've held on, I've been rewarded. And it takes a lot of fucking time and it takes commitment and it takes, again, like that thorough, honest assessment and some level of hope that things will be better. Um, But it it is hard. It's a tunnel. It's such tunnel vision because you do think like, here I am again, back here and I'll always be here and it's never going to be better and this is my default mode. Um, but that is ignoring the reality that there are other states that you've been in, even if it's not predominantly. And it can get better. Mm-hmm. And you can write us. You can write us about your experience with that. That's the beautiful you thing. You can. It's a beautiful you thing. We're here. Can. We're listening. We care. And we genuinely feel care. Good. And, and you'll you'll be heard and yeah. people will be inspired. And you might not even know it, but you look back on that, people will be like, What'd you ever do? And you'd be like, I was on episode 52 of Free Advice. <laughs> Motherfucker. You just slap that teacher across the face. Slap him. Oof. Wow. Wow. All right, cool kids. All right. Morgan, I'm going to end the recording now, and then you're going to send me your files, and I'm going to stitch it all together, okay? Amazing. Can't wait. Didn't need to get the audience in on that part but <laughs> it's cool they can know they can know we're transparent yeah, maybe you want to maybe you want to try this yourself we've got an extended outro today this is kind of we're just freewheeling <laughs> anyway so if you're if you're worried about the technical part of this i'm sure there's a tutorial online but what we do is we we have Morgan email me the file i drag it in i line it up we count down from eight before you hear us yeah that's true and uh that helps us sync up our our vocals do you want to put that in this time you can. Uh, you don't have to. No. Okay. I, I, do you want me to? It's up to you. You make the call. This is why we Rob just, does this just job. Do it. Let's just do it. Let's do it right now as kind of a ending the episode as well. <laughs> 
Ready? Are we starting at eight or is eight, it eight? Seven, <laughs> six, six, five, five four, four, three, three two, two, one. one.